Yeah. And it's so funny. I'm, I'm saying all these things a couple days ago. Well, yesterday for sure, about how people in, the, in our community, they, they've seen what's going on. They're probably wondering what's happening or what's happening at the church in the woods because their woods are gone. So that's, they're not really gone, but they're, but they're gone. So they're like, are they going to build some more? Is that what's going on? What's going on? They have to be talking because it's not like you can't not notice it. <laughs> they've been pretty intense. So I've been saying that kind of stuff, and then I'm realizing as I'm doing my Sunday school lesson how very apropos that action out there has to do with what's going on in the spirit. Because I look at the El Shaddai, which is who, who we're going to talk about, this specific aspect of God, and you realize that you know he trains us, he chastens us, and he sustains us, right? That's what it says here. But even further, when you look at El Shaddai throughout Scripture, it's always, not always, it seems as though there's a transition going on between A and B, between a church with lots of woods around it to B, a church with some woods around it. It looks like something's going on and there's a transformation. And really, you know, being the church in the woods is not, really not who we are anymore. I mean... It never was, but we actually had it on our sign at one point. Our old wooden sign, didn't we, Larry? Yes, we got an awesome sign. <laughs> Get lit up and call it <laughs> <laughs> on its own. On its own. So there's, there's, just, there's just amazing things going on, and it's just something that I have to get used to and be quiet about. Can I say it that way nicely? Hello, how are you? Good to see you, my little friend. I like her a lot. Am I allowed to like her a lot? So you, you, look, at, you look at what's happening with our, with our woods, which to you guys is probably not a big deal, but to me it's a big deal. But I'd rather have us cleared out than fence it in. That's just my opinion, however long that will last. But imagine God doing that within you or in a, a place. You know, those places that God's going to send us. And I say that, but gosh, it just seems like we're never ever going to fly again or go anywhere because nobody will let us in because we're the United States and this and that, and then and then they won't let us come back. And there's I can just go on and on. And yet, part of the aspect of El Shaddai is to take us to new places, places that maybe people don't realize really exist in God's realm and God's kingdom. But we know they do. I mean, for instance, when we first came into this walk, I never would have thought that we would have a massive amount of brothers and sisters in Brazil. Any of you ever thought that? I mean, okay, I kind of got to the, oh, all right, we got people over in Europe, okay? You know, we got Switzerland, Belgium, France. That's so very Never did I imagine Brazil, and, and it's not a small contingent. It seems like a pretty big contingency there. So they're, they're just that hungry. But here is God taking us to these places. And, and they're, quote, unknown maybe, even to the church world, I don't know. They have such passion with their, with their music, with their worship. It's like part of their characteristic. You know, but we knew that because we've had Central American, South American people next door in our building who want to blare their music because they feel that, 
passionate about their music. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's just continues to be amazing. So when I I was was thinking about the you know this power, I was thinking about that this morning, and realizing well that really fits with what God is doing in the earth right now. What what He's doing, especially with us as saints. I want I want to have the direction of El Shaddai in my life. We have a great understanding of of um, you know Elohim and of Jehovah Yahweh. We 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 participate in that very often. Meaning we understand the aspect of God that has these plans and purposes, and that it gives us confidence. It, it helps us not be anxious. I'm saying these things to myself. You guys are just join along. Um, you know, it helps us have faith. It builds our faith to me to realize who the Lord is. You know, and then when you think about about Elohim, it's again that relationship, that heart to heart area of us and God. And to me, that's that's even more amazing because I like I like talking about mushy stuff, don't I, Carmen? <laughs> and it's from Elohim that we really get the direction of El Shaddai. So you know there has to be more than a, a fuzzy relationship. And when I say that, I mean, you know, this feels really good. God is so good when you feel a touch from the Lord, but then you walk out the door, and because there's no, there's no relationship, there's no deepness to it, it can go away as soon as, you know, the gun goes bang, bang, or whatever. And so, but Elohim and El Shaddai, they're, they're, yeah, I'm going to say they work hand in hand, because, but it's all God. But it's just a different aspect of the Father. So I put the, the part of the definition up there of El Shaddai right underneath the, the title. And uh, there's a little bit more to that definition. You know, El Shaddai and part of this comes from Pastor Ron's book called The Name. Is that what it's called? Or The Names? And, and he wrote about El Shaddai, and he says that El Shaddai leads us into undeveloped areas of his choosing. So, and I, and I again, really talking in a broad sense, where the Lord sends us or sends the message of the saints via internet or people actually traveling there or in, the, in our prayer time. All of those things apply. But I also want to apply for myself this aspect of El Shaddai in my heart. In those places in my heart that are not developed yet on behalf of the Father. And, and I want them to be developed whether I like them or not. And that kind of goes back to whether I like it or not, the woods are what they are. And I know this seems too simple, but that's how my brain was working, going, wow, get over it. I want to be everything God wants me to be. I want our church to be everything God wants us to be. I want us to be a light in this community for the Father. I, I don't want the light be there so everybody comes in the doors, like I used to think that way. I want people to see this and go, what's going on there? That's so different. How can they do that? I drive by this church every single Sunday morning and I see 10 cars. How can that church still exist with just 10 cars? 
How can they clean out all that air? How can they have these buildings? There's just 10 people that go to church there. You know, you kind of relate that. And something's going on there. That, there's something God's trying to do. That's what I want. I want people to, to question who they are and let the Lord show them who they can be. Why do they have so many work days? I know. Now we're going to have a bunch more. No, I'm just kidding. You know, I was on, listening to the radio yesterday. I was driving down the road and listening to Z88.3, which is our, basically our only local station that has Christian music. And there was a guy that comes on, and you guys might know him. I don't know his name at all. But he started to talk. And, he, and at the end of his little thing, he always goes, you think about that. You know, he's got that really deep voice. And he started talking, and I turned the radio off. Because he has a lovely voice. And I'm just telling you, y'all, I want him to go deeper in his, you just think about that. There's no more fluffy, let's go deeper. That, that's, that, I mean, I don't know why. So I started praying for the guy, which is okay. That's what God's leading us to do all the time, intercede and all those fun kinds of things. So El Shaddai is going to lead us into these undeveloped areas of his choosing you know, according, obviously, to his, according to his, his timetable, not ours. It's like, I don't want to go there. No, I'm, okay. Um, you know, and these places that he's taking us to, and that he has, has taken us to, and this is the El Shaddai part, are places of great importance. We look at them maybe and go, oh, whatever, but I don't think we ever do that. I, at least I don't, I know I don't, I don't think. Any of the people that have traveled so far, when you've gone to some place that God's told you to go to, I don't think we go, why'd you send me here? I'm pretty sure that's not that. I'm pretty sure we're in the midst of, what's God doing? Let's go. Forward, ho, everybody follow me. But these places are, are of great importance to, to him. And when I say that, I also say that about us, about who you are right now. Because when El Shaddai comes, and when you follow El Shaddai, when you are you're invested with him, and he's with you. Because remember, out of that Elohim aspect, El Shaddai guides, you will not be the same person you were yesterday because there's something new. There's something new that he's doing. And when you look in Scripture, El Shaddai, the actual El Shaddai is used 30, 31? No, 48 times. The combination of L and Shaddai. It's not always the same right by the side, but when L and Shaddai are used together, it happens 48 times. And, I'm sorry, slow down on that. It happens 23 times. But when you use Shaddai, it's more than that. There's 48 verses. But it's still not very many in comparison to how many times the word Lord is used. Jehovah Yahweh. And it, how many times um, um, uh, Elohim is used? So there's, there's something special about just the name El Shaddai. And for me, when I was reading the definition and trying to understand what's happening, I realized that El Shaddai is the one that's guiding us right now. That aspect of God is what is, is leading us. And, and if we let him, just as we have the 10th the tenth month of the feasting, right? We're supposed to, our fast of feasting, if we give everything to him, then he will take us places and, and in our hearts that will God become very powerful on behalf of the Father and his kingdom. And so 
Our objective has always been from the very beginning of this walk, and even before that, whether we realize it or not, is to follow God. That is our objective. We want to follow him wherever he goes. We want to walk beside him. We want to walk behind him. I don't think we want to go in front of him, <laughs> but we want to be where he is. And, and El Shaddai uh, guides us in the newness of the, what the kingdom is about to do, which is really, I believe, where we're at. I think it's been said many times, teachings from Dallas, things that have been released in this house. There's a newness to the kingdom of God that is upon us. And so I think the, time, the timing is obviously perfect. And you, you know, there's so many things for me that I'm, that I'm looking at and going, wow, I'm, I've only been looking here for a year and a half. <laughs> but now God's like, no, don't forget the rest of it. And I'm, I'm having to take my teacher seer stuff and take another step back and then take another step back and then take one more step back to see all that God is doing. So... Uh, on our scripture page, you can see that we have El Shaddai and Abram and Abraham, and it goes through. There's Abraham, there's Isaac, and there's Jacob. So you see the little progression that's happening because this is how God is building, started building, and now is continuing, building his nation of sons, his people of sons. And when I say nation, I'm not I'm going to have 100 billion people become sons of God. I have no idea. I'm just saying you got to start somewhere, and God started with Abram, who became Abraham. And so he shows up. This is the first place that Shaddai shows up in Scripture is in chapter 17. I'm sorry, I'm getting a little, looking at the wrong piece of paper. In chapter 17, when he talks to Abram. Now, back in chapter 15 of Genesis, and we, we remember this kind of stuff, Abram talked to God about, how am I going to have, you know, I'm not, my family's going to die. I, mean, I don't have any children. You guys remember that conversation? I'm paraphrasing drastically. So, but in, what's so interesting there is when he was having that conversation with God, he was addressing God from the aspect of Adonai. So when you look at Adonai, that's the, the, the aspect of God, the, the, the part of God that tries to, you know, that puts us in a position to move forward, right? He's the one, it's almost like the pastoral aspect of, of God, Adonai. He's that, when you see that, he's trying to position people to where he needs them to be, whether it's aligning of their heart or physically by nature where they're at, whatever it is, there's, this is happening. And Abraham, back in then, Abram knew something <laughs> I'm going to say that because sometimes we don't know what it is. Knew something was up, but he was addressing this aspect of God because he wanted to be where God needed him to be. And, you know, what happened basically next is he said, pack up your stuff, God said to Abraham, Abram, let's go. And didn't say you're going to go here. I, I, don't, I don't recall at the time when he said, pack up your stuff, let's go, that he said specifically, we're going to go to this spot. You know, it's not like it wasn't a vacation, travel plan, got to have everything down. Do what? Triple A, yeah, all that stuff. Make sure you got the, uh, yeah, we know. Anyway, yeah, maps, all that. Well, now we just use GPS. And so Abram had to submit everything to follow him. So 
Here's El Shaddai being brought up in Genesis 17, 1 through 6. So let's look at this scripture. It says, And when Abram was 90, was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. I am Shaddai El. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Now we could just stop right there and I could go to the next scripture because all we have to do is walk before God and be perfect. Moving on. Simple. Very simple. All right, so I'll keep going though. Anyway, and I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face. And God debarred with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee, and I will make thee exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and kings will come out of thee. Now, huge promise. How many times have we read this? Really, that's so cool. Way to go, God. Look what he did, right? But if you're Abram and you're hearing all of this, and God suddenly changes your name to Abraham, and you're still hearing all this with all the nations, you ain't got a kid, and your wife is barren, okay. Now, I say this. Think of all the prophetic words that you have received since, let's just say since we started the walk of sonship. We could have received prophetic words before that, and, and I know we all have. I have. And so now you look at those prophetic words. Do you remember any of them? Thankfully, we have them on CDs. If you can find them, start playing them. Some of those prophetic words that God gave to us are going to come to fruition now, even though we didn't understand them then. And back in chapter 15 of Genesis, which was two chapters ago, which could have been two months or two years, I don't know all the timing of all that kind of stuff, Abram heard Lord say the same thing. You, you will have a seed. And here we are, whatever time period later, and there's still no seed, and so now the Lord says this again. And it's, and it's from the aspect of El Shaddai. Because if I'm Abram, Abraham, Abram, I'm looking at this word El Shaddai or Shaddai El and saying, this is the first time it's come up in conversation. Let's say it that way. First time it's come up in conversation with Abraham. So he's trying to figure out, okay, what's El mean? Okay, I know what El means. That's almighty or mighty. Okay, what should I mean? So you go look up the word. I mean, in him, he would have known. We have to look it up. You look up the word should I and you scratch your head when you read the definition. Okay, maybe I do. Maybe you guys don't. So you look at the word, the definition of Shaddai, and I wrote it down, and I don't see it. Vicki, tell me what the definition is. Oh, wait. I, I, what you see in concordance, I don't think I have that on. Hold on. Sorry. Handheld. Okay, go. It just means almighty and most powerful. And then the root back. To deal violently with, despoil, devastate, ruin, destroy. And then you root back. I don't have another root back. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. It is interesting, isn't it? Because when you root back to the, the Shaddad, I think is what the root word is, it talks about devastating. 
talked about destroying. How does that make sense when you're talking to... I mean, and I, again, I'm Abraham, and I, I know what the word Shaddad means, but now I've got a word Shaddai. What, what are you trying to tell me, Father? <laughs> so I have to walk before you, and I have to be perfect, and you're coming at me from this aspect. Yeah, go ahead. I want you to say something. Well, it, I would think it means he's going to destroy, if we will allow, he'll destroy everything that does not align with his heart, yep. which is L. Exactly. I'm sorry? That's what he did with his name. He changed his name. And, you know, it's just, think about that. So really, El Shaddai, and, and so the actual, they, they, they say the literal meaning is God of the uncultivated fields. It is translated as God Almighty. But definitely the definition is destroyer. That's part of the definition. Uncultivated fields. So, yeah, I know. And that just means that I don't understand Hebrew as much as I'd like and I need to work more on it. But you still look at this aspect. God's going to take us to those kinds of places that are not, that are not, kind of look like our woods. They're just a mess. They're not, there's, nothing, there's nothing that's, whatever you want to call about it, there's nothing that's God, you know, God's not there yet. He's there, but he's not there because he needs to build that place to be his own, that person, that place, that region. And in this case, he's starting with Abraham to start to begin that foundational purpose, a foundation of what it means to be a son. And he's starting with, he started with Abram. So he changed his name. So there's something new that's happening. So, you know, Abram means... Excellent father. You know, I'm sorry because my notes got erased. <laughs> Exalted. Exalted father. And then Abraham, though, means the father of many nations, I think is what it actually says. El Shaddai is moving, is moving in this place, and he's asking, not asking, he's telling Abraham Listen, you want to do this new thing? You want to be part of, of what I'm doing in my kingdom, my, my new thing in the kingdom? You will no longer be known as you have been known. We're going to move forward. And, and all you have to do is these two things. You have to walk before me, and you have to be perfect. And that perfect doesn't mean you can't make any mistakes. Perfect means that you're, yeah, notes are gone. Tell me, Vicky. <laughs> it means you're, you're whole or you're complete in accordance with God's truth. There you go. That's why you're here. Keep the microphone very close to you. I meant to tell you that before I came in here. because I printed off my notes. I'm like, uh, where? Okay, moving on. <laughs> so... Let's look at the last verse uh, of this thing, verse 6. It says, And I will make thee exceedingly fruitful, and I will, make, I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. So we have exceeding fruitful, we have make nations of thee, and we have kings will come out of thee. Now, when you look at Abraham, Abraham and all of his seed, did those three things occur? 
Yeah, they did. That all three of those things occurred. Are those three things still occurring? Yes, they are. Because Abraham is our, you know, our father just as much as it is the people that live in Israel say he's their father. Because we're sons of God and Abraham was the beginning of that trek. So you will be exceedingly fruitful. You will be you will make nations. We will because we continue to go to places bringing the word, bringing the the message of sonship, and there will be kings that will come out of us. Okay. Let's see what happens next. What do I have next? El Shaddai and Isaac. So Abraham, Isaac. So now we're on to Isaac. So we're in Genesis chapter 28, 1 through 4. So we know Isaac had a great upbringing because, well, Abraham is his dad, but we know what happened when Isaac was a young boy, right? And how... His dad had to do this and this, right? You know what we're talking about? Did Abraham have to take Isaac to sacrifice him? That's what I mean. So it's a big upbringing. <laughs> Sorry. So there, that that had to be a very maybe is a very pivotal point in Isaac's life. But the concept of faith, the concept of being willing to follow and obey God at all costs had to be rooted deep within him at that point because he had gone through this with his dad. And so he knew that it was super, obviously, super important to walk with the father, but to walk with that aspect of Shaddai, of El Shaddai, that had to be even, you know, an even greater thing within him because there was this changing, this transition that, that he knew was going to be coming because, well, you know, it happened to his dad. So I guess it'll happen to me. And Genesis 28, 1 through 4, And Isaac called Jacob, and blessed him, and charged him, and said unto him, Thou shalt not take a wife of the daughters of Canaan. Arise, go to Pandanaram, I knew I was going to say that weirdly, to the house of Bethuel, thy mother's father, and take thee a wife from thence of daughters of Laban, thy mother's brother. I am not going to try to untangle all that. And God Almighty, El Shaddai, bless thee, and make thee fruitful, and multiply thee, that thou mayest be a multitude of people, and give thee the blessing of Abraham to thee and to thy seed with thee, that thou mayest inherit the land wherein thou art a stranger, which God, that's the word Elohim, gave unto Abraham. So this is a, a, a I'm going to say, a lot further down the line. It's way, you know, Isaac has, has Jacob. So we got Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. We're making the progression. Are you with me? But here, Isaac, I'm going to say, invokes the concept of El Shaddai to Jacob. And, and he says that, that El Shaddai is going to bless thee. So we know that's the word Barak, and we know what that means. There's a commissioning that is going to happen. That seems to be a lot with El Shaddai as well. There's commissioning, but that also relates to the new, the newness of, of, the, of what the kingdom of God is about to do, there's, a, there's this commissioning. Now, listen, one of the things that's hard for people when they read this is, why does, and I say that for people, why does, why does God get to tell, you know, 
Jacob, who to marry? Okay, I think you're missing the point. <laughs> How do you explain that to somebody when they say that? It's like, but wait, God and the aspect of El Shaddai is always about training us. He's always about in the, the area of discipline. He's always about giving us those things that will sustain us, giving us those things that will help us prosper in his kingdom's work. Well, and why would you, if you're prophesying, if you have a, a, a plan for someone, why would you want them to align themselves with somebody that is against that plan? See, now that makes sense to us. But there's a lot of people out there that does not make sense to, and I want them to see that kind of thing, right? But right, why would you want to do that? So if your pastor comes up and talks to you about something and says, well, blah, 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 you need to, because we need you over here, why would you balk at that? Why would you sit in a chair and throw your arms up in the air? So what you're saying is the enemy's just attacking me all over the place, and I'm not dealing with it right. Why would you say that? I don't know. We don't know, do we? But that's what God said. All we want you to do is walk with the Lord. Just do what it says back in, 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 uh, in chapter 17. Walk before him and be perfect. Sounds so simple. So the Lord was directing through, through Isaac to Jacob a continuation of the growth of sons, a continuation of the, the, the seed, the, the stars in the sky, and he was directing Jacob to not go this way, but go this way. This is what I need you to do. And so trying to untangle the whole place where he went might take forever, because, yeah. But basically, the Lord was directing um, Jacob to find a wife in a specific place with a group of people who basically had the same concept that Jacob did. Not the place that they were planted in or that was around them with the people that were as they were, but over here. That's part of that set-apart thing that sometimes people have a hard time with. What do you mean I can't go do that? What are you talking about? What do you mean I can't listen to this or talk about that or watch this or do this or whatever? Well, we're just saying what the Scripture says. And here's a, an example of the Lord directing El Shaddai. It, and I don't know that people really don't understand that as much as that's just a point of rebellion. Yeah. Because um, certainly in the natural, if, if you want to get married and you want a family and you meet somebody, you're just meeting them and you're just kind of sharing what your dreams are and that other person says, oh, no, I don't want anything to do with kids ever. Well, if that's a really a burning thing within you, you're probably not going to pursue that relationship, I'm guessing. You're probably going to say right at that beginning point, well, we really don't have the things in common. We're not aligned on the things that, you know, would bring a commonality to this union. So, I'll, you know, it's better that we just go ahead and part ways now. So people understand that in the natural. I don't understand. The, the only reason you wouldn't understand it in the spiritual is because you don't want to. True. I think this whole concept is interesting <clears throat> because um, what, what made God choose the family of Abraham? Of Abram? I mean, what was going on in his family that allowed Abram to be the kind of person that God would focus on and say, there's the guy. There, That's the one. There's the one. There's <laughs> the family unit 
that has produced this man who is ready to hear my word and take off and, and walk by faith. And, and so whatever atmosphere Abram came from, that was still going on back in his home country, you know, back in the land of Ur. And, and so, um, you know, to, to send his son back there where he knew the atmosphere was what raised him and, and that that same quality would be there in the children of his uh, ancestors or his family rather than in the place where he was in, in Cana where there was all kinds of stuff going on that, that didn't honor what, you know, it may have been, you know, some sort of civilization. I mean, they, they, were, they weren't all crazy, but, but it was just that atmosphere that he came from that was supposed to be uh, part of the, his, of, of what God recognized. And I think that's really the concept that, that we want to be with people that God recognizes as those following him. And, and when, we, when we go outside of that sphere, we, we are going to, we're going to be drawn away. You know, and this was, this was the advice of Balaam, you know, um, for Balak. You know, just send your women down there, intermarry with them, and draw them away. I mean, I can't curse them. But when you send in that foreign element, it, it will pollute who they are and cause them to miss the mark. Right. Exactly. So when, when um, Isaac tells Jacob, and, and really he's making that, this declaration, El Shaddai is going to commission you. And this is what's going to happen. He's going to make you fruitful, and he's going to multiply you. Now that sounds familiar to us because of what God said to, to Adam and Eve back in, in Gen- the beginning of Genesis, right? And when you look at it, the aspect of those, because we've talked about it from a fivefold aspect, when you talk about um, fruitful, we're, we're talking about um, prophecy. Now I'm saying that, and I've got to look at my notes again. Yes. When you talk about fruitful, you talk about the prophetic. And when you talk about multiplying, you're talking about a teacher-seer aspect. So when God was speaking to them and say, be fruitful... This aspect, El Shaddai, this is a declaration. Isaac made over and spoke to Jacob and said these things to him. And all he was doing was sending him for a wife, so I'm not sure why he was getting so elaborate, but we know that this is exactly what what Jacob needed to hear and what was going to be carried out. When he told him to be fruitful, he was saying, the prophetic word of the Lord is going to go forth from you, okay? And it will, shall I say, uh, run things wherever you're at. The prophetic word of God is going to govern, right? That govern the area. And we know so we studied all this kind of stuff. I'm throwing a few things out there at you. If you are fruitful, it's because you have there's a closeness with you and God. And remember, you know, the fruitfulness doesn't necessarily mean things that are of great value to the world. It doesn't mean you're going to have the best fruit tree in your backyard because Lord knows I've tried and it hasn't worked. It doesn't mean any of that kind of... It, it means the fruitfulness in the Spirit. It means, you know, you can use all the fruit of the Spirit that you read in Hebrews. You can use that and say, oh yeah, that one, okay. I have patience and kindness. All, that's all of that. 
But it's those things that God produces within you that he then can use for his kingdom. He can pluck it from your tree and say, okay, now take this and go over there because it's gonna, this is what I need. This is what you need. This is what I need. We need this over here. Kindness, whatever. We talk a lot about low-hanging fruit when you're in business and all God's fruits hanging anywhere he wants it to be. <laughs> Low-hanging just means it's easy to grab, right? That's not necessarily how God works, but his fruitfulness will be multiplied back to his kingdom as he gives to us. Your closeness brings about the fruit. So there's a lot of things that we do that bring about this, and when that brings about this, it brings about that, and you can follow all the yellow brick roads here and realize that what you need to do is walk before El Shaddai and be perfect. And that's how you activate, I, I say this for me, that's how I activate the El Shaddai aspect of God within my life. I want him to destroy those things that are not of him and to cultivate a field within me that the Lord can continue to plant and change who I am to who he needs me to be. And I'm very comfortable in who I am right now, but I also know I have to be uncomfortable because I want to be what God needs me to be. And, and I kind of quit saying, all, like I said up there, I was like, I'm loud. I wish people would have told me that I was not that loud when I was younger. Yeah, you know what? God wants to tell me I'm not, I don't need to be that loud. I mean, you see what I'm saying? It's a different way of thinking. Again, back to the woods. Part of me's like, ah! And part of me's like, okay, it has to be this way. I know it's minor in really significance, but the changing is happening. That's the kind of change that's going to happen inside each one of you, is what I'm trying to say. That's the kind of change that's going to happen in places that we haven't been yet that God's going to send us to. That's the kind of change that's going to happen in Brazil, in France, in Belgium, in the United States of America, in the churches that are here in the U.S. That's the kind of change that's going to happen. And I'm excited, and I can't see how it's going to happen. So now I feel like I'm Abraham being told I'm going to have, may see all the stars, and like, all right, dude, capital D. <laughs> all right. So, um, all right, so then that was fruitful. And then multiply, we know, we know the multiply concept that's related to the teacher seer, right? So we go on, because now we've talked about Isaac and Jacob. Now we're going to talk about Jacob and what happens when he has a personal experience with El Shaddai. So Abraham had an experience with El Shaddai, Isaac spoke to Jacob from the aspect of El Shaddai because his dad brought him up right, and now we have Jacob having his own experience with, with El Shaddai. So uh, Genesis 35, 9 through 12, and Elohim appeared unto Jacob again when he came out of Padadon, Padadon, whatever, and blessed him. Oh, another, another barocking. And... That did not sound right. I'm going to barack you. And Elohim said unto him, Thy name is Jacob. My name shall now be called any more Jacob, but Israel shall be thy name. And he called his name Israel. And Elohim said unto him, I am El Shaddai. Be fruitful and multiply. 
A nation and a company of nations shall be of thee, and kings shall come out of thy loins. And the land which I gave Abraham and Isaac to thee I will give it, and to thy seed after thee will I give the land. All right, so this sounds extremely familiar, like as though we just read it just a second ago. Or, yeah, here it is. So if you look in 28, you see that, and give thee the blessing of Abraham to thee, 28, verse 4. And now you look at 35, which is the one we're in, 12, and it says, I will give you Abraham and Isaac. The Lord is building. The Lord is doing a line upon line precept right here. And it's, it's when you look at it, it's like plain as day. But when you read chapter 28 and you plot over to the 35, now, oh, maybe you forgot about it, but God did not forget about it. So once again... El Shaddai, here it is, saying, hey, um, hey, you, I, you're not going to be hey, you anymore. You're going to be hey, you. God's going to change your name, too, because we're going to have these personal experiences with El Shaddai. I'm just saying that's what's going to happen. And again, it's the same concept. Be fruitful and multiply. Operate in the office of the prophetic. Operate in the office of, te- office of teacher seer. And there's going to be a company of nations that will come out of you. I think that's amazing. Okay. Larry, once you speak. Yeah, the, the, the concept of changing the name really is about, uh, you know, calling out who you have become. And, and so this is truly the, the concept of how we are developing. God is calling out who we have become. He is expanding enlarging our identity uh, so that we are no longer, um, uh, uh, you know, Larry Pastor, but I am Larry Pastor, prophet, teacher, seer, teacher, seer evangelist, evangelist all, of them. The, all of them put together in a greater measure than, than what I have been. So in the sense, my identity before the throne is, is not so much uh, changing who I am, but identifying who I have become. And the, this is predestined by the Lord, and this is He wants us to step into the full identity of of our, our uh, what we're known by. And I gotta say, our true identity is 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 never going to stop developing, is it? Our identity in the Lord. I was just gonna say it's that walking in the pureness and the wholeness and of the plan of the Father. Yeah. I'm sorry. Perfect. I think was the word. Yes, perfect. But I. I'm, I knew what you meant, but yes, there we go. Get that microphone away from me. (laughs) And so, you know, so here we go. Next progression. Turn your page over if you haven't already. We're going to talk about El Shaddai and Israel, which is now Jacob's name, and the brothers and Joseph and the whole kit and caboodle, right? So here's where we get all the tribes and the nations and we have Joseph and you know the whole thing about him being over here and all the brothers over here and the whole plague and we'll do this and all that whole story about Joseph. But we're now at near the end of the life of Jacob. And, and Joseph gets word that, that his dad is, is basically dying. Not basically, he's dying. And he's like, okay, we need to go. So he takes his two sons with him, which I don't think when I read the scripture that Jacob's ever met them yet. So here we go. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Okay. Genesis 43. Am I in the right verse? 
Okay. And their father, Israel, said unto them, if it must be so now, oh, wait, this is not the right, I'm not there yet. I back it up, back it up. This is still when we're in the, the, the plaguing thing. My story, my bad, my bad. The famine. This is the famining thing. I jumped ahead too quickly. I'm so sorry. And their father Israel said unto them, If it must be so now, do this. Take of the best fruits in the land, in the land, in your vessels, and carry down the man a present, a little balm and a little honey, spices and myrrh, nuts and almonds. And take double money in your hand, and the money that was brought again in the mouth of your sacks, carry it again in your hand. Peradventure it was an oversight or an accident. Take also your brother, Benjamin, and arise, go again unto the man, which is Joseph, and God Almighty, El Shaddai, will give you mercy before the man, that he may send away your other brother and Benjamin. If I be bereaved of my children, I am bereaved. And the men took that present, and they took double money in their hand, and Benjamin, and rose up and went down to Egypt and stood before Joseph. So ran out of food. Had to go back. But what did Joseph tell him? Don't come back without Benjamin. So they went and said, told dad. Well, I don't even, did they tell dad? Yeah. I think they told dad right before this. And so they were hoping the famine would be over before they had to try to go back to Egypt to get more food. But that didn't happen. So now here they are. And, and here is Jacob. Here is Israel, whose name's been changed by El Shaddai, because he had a personal meeting up with El Shaddai. And, and realizing things had to be different, he's going to be different. And now this is happening, and now I've got to send my sons. What can I do to, to cover them? Wait, El Shaddai. Just by the definition that you have on the very front page of El Shaddai, this is what Israel, Jacob, spoke over his sons. He did know about Joseph at that time, which is okay, but he spoke this exact same aspect of 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 what God meant to him, this El Shaddai, because he knew something was going to happen. There's no way he didn't, but he knew that, that God was moving. And he didn't, again, I'm not sure sometimes that Jacob totally understood what was happening when he was talking to his sons, but he understood that God was going to watch out for him. This aspect of El Shaddai was going to be a covering for his kids, for his sons. I think it's more than he knew it was more than a covering. He knew that he's he's saying the blessing or he's saying El Shaddai will give you mercy. He will give you the directives. Mm-hmm. You know, these are this is gonna be maybe uncomfortable territory. You've never you don't really know what to do right now, but he's gonna provide you the directive of what you need to do. And and we're gonna trust that he'll send back the brother he's holding as well as Benjamin. Yeah. Based on that directive that you're obedient to. Yeah, and they had, to, they had to go and stand in front of Joseph, which had to be somewhat of humiliating. They didn't know who he was yet. But yeah, intimidating. It had to be, man, don't kill us and don't kill our brother and maybe we'll all come home together. <laughs> you know, I, I know that sounds crazy and critical, but can you imagine going to a place like that without God? To be in a position like this and not have El Shaddai? Go ahead, Vicki. No, but I think this really speaks to where God is taking us, Mm -hmm. is that he's going to take us into places where 
the situation may not look like, I don't want to say bad, it may be bad, but it just, it's just going to be a, a puzzling, confusing uh, situation. And El Shaddai, because he's taking us into undeveloped territory to do something new and wants us to be partner with him to develop it, mm-hmm. will give us that directive, will give us, the, will have mercy, provide the mercy for us so that we'll know what to do. We just have to be obedient to it. Absolutely. We have to walk before him and be perfect. We have to walk before him. That's And all of this is why he's been training us exactly. all this time. You know, we talked about this with the French people yesterday that, yes, this past year and a half plus has been a time that, you know, we, we could become lethargic or, or lazy, but it's also been a time where if we will allow the Lord, it's been a time of training, a time of not just looking at all the natural things that are occurring around us, but saying, all right, what is God doing in this, in all of this? Mm-hmm. You know, and, exactly. and what does he want to do in me so that I respond out of my spirit and not out of my flesh? Right, and that's continues to be our challenge, at least for me, to be the challenge, is to react out of the spirit in everything. Everything. And I'm, you know, some stuff is easy, I can do that. Oh yeah, this is a... But other stuff I don't even think about reacting out of the spirit, not out of the flesh. So, okay. So now next step. Now we can talk about the end of the life of Jacob. So El Shaddai and Jacob and Joseph. So we know that Jacob, um, in Scripture here, Jacob is, is, I don't want to say on his last leg, but Jacob is not doing well. So Joseph goes and he brings his, um, his two sons with him to visit, to visit Jacob. And it says in chapter 48 of Genesis, And it came to pass after these things that one, to, that one told Joseph, Behold, thy father is sick. And he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, Ephraim, I can't say that right. And one told Jacob and said, Behold, thy son Joseph comes unto thee. And Israel strengthened himself and sat upon the bed. And Jacob said unto Joseph, God Almighty, El Shaddai appeared to me unto me at Luz, which is the a pre, you know a name previous because then it became Bethel, just that place, in the land of Canaan, verse six, yep, and blessed me. He commissioned me, he barocked me, and said unto me, Behold, I will make thee fruitful, oh my gosh, this sounds so familiar, and multiply thee, and I will make of thee a multitude of people, and will give this land to thy seed after thee for an everlasting possession. Here is Jacob in his, at the end of his life, and he's repeating all these things back to Joseph. Now, it's Joseph and his two sons that are in this place, and there's a lot of things that go on around it. I'm not negating all the things that, that happened after that, and, you know, these guys will be, they'll get your part, and Manasseh and Ephraim, all that stuff is, Jacob speaks all those kinds of things, and then later he starts speaking blessings. The deal here, though, is that Jacob was reinforcing to Joseph so that it would continue to be reinforced in his family and all the tribes of Israel that El Shaddai is the one that will be that way maker, that, that newness of, of the kingdom of God, that, that, that place where you, that, that aspect of God that's going to give you that direction. 
He's going to give you what you need to be sustained. He's going to give you, you know, the discipline that you need or the chastening that you need to move forward. He's going to cultivate those places that are, that are dry and barren, if you want to say it that way, so that his word can be planted deep. That your faith will run deep. Because this is the big faith walk, no doubt. No doubt. So, you know, I could have put the rest of the scripture down there, but you guys can go read it for yourself. <laughs> and everything that happens after that, because we, we know that Jacob, you know, does all these blessings for each one of the tribes, each one of his sons, etc., etc. But the aspect of El Shaddai that really got me the most is the concept of the new stuff that he's doing and that we're going to be a part of that and that I'm not going to be who I am today, tomorrow. Does that sound right? Does that make sense? Because of what he's doing. So of what he's moving us forward in. I have to say, I could have spent all this time in the book of Job. Because you know that the book of Job has the most occurrences of the word Shaddai and the combination of El Shaddai than any other book in the Bible. I have to tell you, I wasn't even thinking about that. I was looking at that. I was reading those, those things, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. We, we could have spent like five Sunday schools just looking at Job. All the things that he went through. Why is El Shaddai mentioned in Job? Well, there was a lot of transitions going on in Job. There was a lot of transitionings from here to here that happened in Job. No doubt. It looks terrible. It's like the worst time of all. And yet, where is El Shaddai mentioned? In the book of Job more than anywhere else. So when you feel like you're in a Job moment, realize that it's El Shaddai that's there. And what do you have to do? Walk before him. And I keep saying be perfect, but be perfect. Do you want to do that when you're going through a Job moment? No, because it's not fun. It's difficult. It's all that stuff over here, and we really need to be in the spiritual aspect. So I offer this to you. Go look at Job and find the El Shaddai and El Shaddai places. I'm telling you, I wrote it down. 31 times Shaddai is used, but the combination of El Shaddai of those 31, 26 of them are El Shaddai. That's amazing. That is totally amazing. Pastor Ron talks about it in his book, though, if you want to go read it there, too, in the names book. He starts to outline it, and I'm thinking, this would bog me down forever looking at this, but what is, it was a surprise, because I didn't look there in his book when I was looking up El Shaddai. I just looked at my thing and just H7706, that's Shaddai. H410, that's L. Put them together in my little Bible program. Search. What? What are they doing? In, okay. I don't even want to go there. But all that means to me is that even though things look can feel like a Job moment, God was in the midst of all of that. Speaking to, to Job, speaking through Job to his friends, El Shaddai. Say again? Yeah, taking him to a new undeveloped. Yes. Had to be, because it's almost like the slate was wiped clean and he had to start all over again, right? You're going to be different. We're going to be different people. Well, that's all I have.
such as it is. Pretty good. Thank you, Vicki. Lord, I ask for your El Shaddai blessing and commissioning of these group of people that are here and those that are listening on the internet and whoever may listen sometime in the future, that you guys will be fruitful, that we will be fruitful in the Saints Network, that we will multiply with the message of the sons, and that, that we will be focused on your heart and know that you will continue to watch over us, that you will continue to provide all that we need to sustain what it is you are doing on this earth. Amen.